Hello and welcome to Adrian Goldberg's talk show. This time, an artistic provocateur, a joker in the spirit of Banksy or Tracy Emin. Fokker Wolf has more than 9,000 Instagram followers who lap up his funny and sometimes controversial designs. At first sight, they look like regular advertising posters, but a subversive message is never far away. I first saw Fokker's designs in my home city of Birmingham, but they've popped up in London too. Fokker operates under a cloak of anonymity. I've been summoned to meet him, well, somewhere in the Midlands. Fokker, tell me about some of your designs, because they're uh, funny, they're controversial. What's your favourite? Uh, oh, my favourite is probably the Voodoo for Kids one that I put up in uh, Cannon Hill Park. Uh, just, I just like, I like the idea of a voodoo class for children. <laughs> you put up a, a voodoo class design as well, next door to a Scientology centre, and when you place it there rather than a park, it, it does have a different message, doesn't it? Oh yeah, totally. That was completely on a whim though. I, I didn't think about what I was doing then. I just went past it and thought it'd be funny to stick it on there. But obviously, when they're put in different contexts, they mean different things. So. And you've got, uh, I would say underneath it all, there's a kind of a, a political message here. I mean, one of your most widely shared is the one, again, which, as I say, just looks like a traditional advert for 4x4 cars. It says, do you drive a 4x4 in the city? Then you could be entitled to free penis enlargement therapy on the NHS. Yeah, that was the, the first one that I did. Yeah, I wasn't actually having a go at 4x4 drivers. I just thought, what can I do to provoke people to call the phone number? And I thought, yeah, that's, that's an easy target. Is there any political message, though, to what you do? Because it seems to me there is a critique of consumer society in what you do. Uh, yeah, sort of. I try not to have like a political leaning because obviously we live in a time where it's, it's a little bit clouded, like no one really knows what's going on. So um, I guess what I'm trying to do is uh, show people the, the nature of information and question the nature of information. Yes, yeah, so just basically put these fake adverts in so people question real adverts and real news and real information. But um, off the back of that, I've found out that there's a bunch of people in society that will just believe anything that you stick up. If it's put in the right way, in the right context, with the right fonts and layouts, people think it's real. Uh, it's quite alarming. I'll come to that in a moment, but uh, it, I can't quite let you off the hook, though, in terms of your, your political intent, because there was one uh, hoarding that you put up uh, next to uh, a new development in Birmingham where a, a, an historic old church was going to be demolished and has, in fact, now been demolished, and you'd put on the bottom of the land-acquired sign, which people will be familiar with, uh, erasing history to increase profit so you were pretty pointed there oh yeah that was just that was just it was heartbreaking just to see bulldozers like smashing up uh, an old building so I thought I had to do something and the board was right next to it and it was just the perfect sort of the perfect money shot really of uh, the, the you had the half church in the background demolished and the hoarding so yeah what I did was I just I found out what the font that they used was and I just replaced the bottom part of the board so it looked like part of the part of their advertisement very clever and you know made a, a, a very strong point i thought you say that people believe what they see in adverts 
some of your hoardings do have phone numbers for people to call. Tell me about some of the ads on those hoardings and, and what response you've got. Yeah, I've had some crazy calls. They go straight to my phone. So um, some of them I get to record and talk. So I have my friends sometimes pick up the phone and we record them. But um, it's got a voicemail option. And I've had voicemails from that, the Voodoo for Kid one. I had a, a message from the head of the Pentecostal Church in Birmingham. He wanted to sit down and have a chat with me about them. I've had some people actually believe in that the penis enlargement one was a penis enlargement service. <laughs> and uh, also I, I stuck up um, a fortune teller one which was, had the, a bit of it ripped off and uh, the joke got pulled off. So it was just a fortune teller one and somebody called up telling me that their life was falling apart and, and, and stuff like that. It was actually really heartbreaking so I, didn't, I sort of deleted it because it's bad. Who are your artistic heroes? Keith Haring... Just because he, he was basically doing the same sort of thing 20 years ago, no, 30 years ago even, New York Underground. Off the back of that, probably Andy Warhol, just because of getting the ball rolling with the pop art stuff, because, you know, probably wouldn't be doing any of this, wouldn't really exist today if it wasn't for that sort of stuff. At the moment, I, I like the work of, I guess, there's a street artist called Fail. Uh, yeah. And apart from your poster designs, you also design stickers. I mean, it's fascinating to me how stickers, which you used to only really see in pub toilets advertising a particular football mob or another, have now become, in their own right, a little form of street art. And if you look at most uh, lampposts now in city centres, there'll be a, a whole cluster of stickers. So you've joined in on that as well. Oh, yeah. So in, in Europe, it's a big thing that uh, stickers are, are huge. So uh, what well, I've been trying to sort of galvanise the art community in Birmingham to get onto this sticker thing. So I, I, I swap with people in Europe and uh, me and my girlfriend and my daughter, uh, we go out and uh, just stick uh, loads of them to lampposts just trying to encourage basically everyone else to start doing it. So you take your friend's stickers from Europe and yeah. add them to your own as well? Though. Yeah, 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 and stick them up in Birmingham and then, you know, they did the same for me in France or, or whatever. So your fame spreads. Uh, have you ever had any negative reaction? Because you were keen to say, I'm not really having to go at 4 by 4 drivers, you're advertising <laughs> voodoo lessons. Have you ever had anybody challenge you? Oh, yeah, I've had death threats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had uh, some guy called me up about the Voodoo for Kids one, funnily enough, again, and uh, said he was going to shoot me. Because he thought you really were offering Voodoo for Kids. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't down with that. And uh, I put one up for high-performance luxury cars, and somebody called me up about that, saying that they were going to beat me up. So, uh, quite a few negatives, yeah. <laughs> But you've had an incredible amount of positives as well. I've mentioned you've got more than 9,000 followers on Instagram and the way social media works is that 9,000 can become many tens of thousands when people retweet or show it on other platforms as well. What's your biggest hit? biggest hit was probably the comedian Joe Lysett. He bought a print, he bought a piece of artwork off me and he, he put it on his Instagram and then off the back of that I had lots of... Uh, sales and followers and stuff come through that so I guess it's sort of it's the, if somebody else with a lot of followers shares your thing then you sort of take some of their, their followers with, with you so yeah. 
I mentioned Banksy at the start. In a way, there is a parallel, I think, between what he does and what you do. Are you an admirer? Oh, yeah, totally. He's, you know, he's just sort of... He's brought it all sort of into the mainstream. So, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I really rate what he does. It's, um, yeah, it's good. It's sort of accessible. It sort of hits two things at once. It hits two demographics. It sort of it hits the sort of political intellectual side but then also they're pretty and nice to look at so you know it's sort of two two birds with one stone there is a great sense of humor at work here as well i mean one of the ones that caught my eye and i think i retweeted it when i saw it walking through birmingham was nuts feel pain stop eating nuts (laughs) (laughs) and quite a lot of them have just got a a daftness a beautiful daftness about them yeah, I try to mix it up a bit. Like, I, like, I don't want to just be serious and preachy about stuff. So I do like to stick some sort of surreal ones out there that just makes people, you know, just look twice at them, really. And, um, yeah, I guess that's more sort of, you know, I'm like a big sort of admirer of sort of surrealist comedy and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I love sort of like Brass Eye and Chris Morris and Monty Python and stuff like that. And I, I'm trying to get that out there as well as the sort of messages. And you mentioned selling a, a print to Joe Lysit. People can get some of your designs as T-shirts, yeah. uh, for example. Is this something that you want to be your living? Is it your living? Um, it, there's been days where it could possibly, do you know what I mean? But it, it takes a lot of work. I mean, you just have to keep on maintaining the interest, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I would love to do it full time. Like, I think it would be... It'd be like a dream come true, yeah. When I was in a band, the whole business of putting up a poster was quite dicey because there were gangs who controlled poster sites. And if you put posters on sites without their permission, they would sometimes get a little bit angry. How have you found it? Have you been able to do it without being messed with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that, that really happens anymore. I, I do, I've heard about this as well, with especially the gig posters and, and stuff like that, but... I don't know. I think it's more of a free-for-all these days. So like, if you're going to get beaten up by anyone, it'll be, the, uh, it'll be going over people's graffiti. is <laughs> uh, the big one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I've had no problems like that. No. And the death threats haven't phased you? I mean, it's quite a, a heavy thing to get a death threat. Oh, I don't know. In the age of the internet, they're thrown around. Aren't they? All, like, everyone gets a death threat these days. But you've had a few, haven't you? <laughs> So where does it go for you then? Just keeping on, keeping on and enjoying your notoriety? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'll just keep on putting stuff up, trying to think of ideas, new projects, I guess. I'm a, primarily, I'm an illustrator, so I'm going to try and get more sort of illustrations and designs into it rather than... Because them things, they take me like half an hour to make. I try to make them fit into the rest of the advertisements, so I, I purposely try and make them look a bit crap. But so I'm, I'm probably going to try and focus on more well-made ones, really. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, so the artist in you perhaps isn't satisfied enough with what you're doing. They're yeah. great fun, but... Yeah, that's it, yeah. But, um, so I do, like, you know, I, I can sort of paint stuff, so I'm just thinking now I should probably be hand-painting these signs a bit more a bit more fancy. So I might start doing that, yeah. Well, in the meantime, you've made a lot of us laugh, you've made a lot of us think. Great. That's no mean thing, thank you. Excellent. Cheers, thanks. Fuck a wolf, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>